You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, now available on the Umoja app. Uh, I'm your host, Imran Daramsi, and on this weekly talk show, we invite professionals and teenagers to take us through their journeys and give us advice. Um, and remember, if you have any questions for our panelists that you see on the show, you can always leave them on the Inspire platform, which is uh, available free with an Umoja account in the Umoja app. Um, and also, before we start, we did want to mention a bit more about the Inspire platform, uh, which, again, is a question and answer platform specific to our Shia community, uh, which is why we think that it's it's quite valuable. Uh, so as a rising professional, you can ask for advice from other professionals. Uh, and as, as a mentor, and anyone can sign up to be a mentor, uh, you can give advice to our community's future professionals or students who might be younger than you who you think might benefit from your advice. And that is available via the Emoji app on Android and iOS. So we're really trying to get that platform uh, more active. Um, and then one other thing, um, we're only able to do this show because of the generous support of viewers and listeners like you listening to this show right now. Uh, so if you like what you see, um, if you resonate with our mission, uh, please consider supporting our show at mojoutreach.org slash donate or uh, with the donate button in the Emoji app. Um, Thank you. Uh, and now moving on to our speaker for today. Uh, today's speaker uh, is Ana Ali. Uh, she is a student, advocate, and aspiring immigration lawyer uh, who's a recent graduate of Mount Holyoke College. Uh, she, she did a BA in psychology and education with a minor in politics. Um, she's also an executive team member of two nonprofit Shia organizations uh, in the Boston area, um, which is the Islamic Masumin Center of New England and Taha Collective. Uh, so we'll definitely hear more about that. Um, and she's worked for five years with MOVE, uh, an organization that empowers young women to create social change. Um, and currently, uh, which we'll definitely hear more about, she's been applying to law school and she wants to pursue immigration law uh, so that she can go more into immigration rights, influence immigration policy, uh, advocate for women's rights and for marginalized groups. So there's definitely a lot to talk about and uh, I'm excited to get started. Assalamualaikum, Sister Anna. Thank you so much for, for joining Hi. us. Imran. How are you today? Good. Thank you. And how are you doing? Great. Really excited to talk to you okay. today. Great. Yeah, same. Um, okay, so I know I, I did a little bit of this already, but why don't you tell me a little bit uh, about yourself um, and how did you get interested in law? Yeah, so aside from all the things you can see on my resume about what yeah. I've done, <laughs> I basically, I really care about advocacy and I just want to combine my interest in my career interests and my love of Islam and the Ahul Bay together mm -hmm. and to see what I can do and just be as helpful as I can. Hmm. Um, so a lot of viewers who are watching this show, they might not exactly know um, what the legal field is. So could you give us a little bit of a brief introduction? What would you do? Uh, after you go to law school? Like what are the types of things that a lawyer does? Yeah, so lawyers are basically, although they have, they can have a bad rep, um, yeah. what I wanna do <laughs> is what I wanna do is essentially make the process of immigration easier for people. You know, mm. speaking just from what I've seen with my own family and friends, there are just so many documents and things and processes that aren't super clear and transparent. Yeah. And so I just wanna make that easier, you know? with the education that I hopefully get from law school, I just want to fill out those forms and just yeah. make the transition from one place to another as smooth as possible for people that deserve it and need it. Hmm. Okay. Um, and so you didn't always want to do immigration law, which is what we were talking about uh, 
when we were talking the other day. Uh, so could you tell us like a little bit about your undergrad experience and how did that culminate in you applying to, to law school? Yeah, so I've actually always known that I wanted to be a lawyer. I just really care about mm -hmm. justice. That's something from a young age when I realized I'm like, hey, that's not fair. That just kind of culminated into wanting to be a lawyer. And yeah. so I went into, you know, my undergrad thinking, okay, I really like psychology and education. And I mm -hmm. think that's what I want to do for law. I want to be an education lawyer and work on okay. education rights and education policy. So mm -hmm. I took classes and I did, you know, different things that were relative to education law and policy. And when I did that, I realized that the passion that, that these individuals have is not the same as what I have. Like, of course, I think okay. education is important and the education system really needs help and work, but mm -hmm. I don't have that same passion that others have. And so I thought, you know, I don't think I'd be the most useful here, which was a hard thing to kind of realize because that's kind of what I went into college knowing and thinking. Yeah. So I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, now I need to figure out what I do want to do and what I really do care about that much. So I took lots of other classes in undergrad, which is something I recommend to all college students. Take all the classes that don't just take what you need for your major. Take art a class, take an economics class, take literally any class you can. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was my last semester of my last year when I stumbled upon a class about immigration rights and law. And it was just like, it's like a light bulb went off in my mind. Like I was just always so excited for every class. I finished the readings as soon as they were assigned. And it just, it made me realize that immigration policy is where I want to do my work. That's where I have passion. And having mm. so much personal experience with that, it was kind of like, wow, why didn't I realize this before? So, yeah. Okay. Um, could you talk a little bit about that exploratory phase in the middle? Because I know you said pretty quickly you realized that the education law stuff wasn't exactly for you. But then it mm -hmm. was not until the last semester uh, of college, which I know you said graduated a year early, but it's still quite a few semesters in between. <laughs> so no, could you sure. talk about like that that phase? Yeah. So basically, I when I realized when I was starting to realize that uh, my passions weren't in education law and policy, I got scared. You know, like I've yeah. I'm the type of person that always has a plan, that always has mm. a, a plan B too, even. And so this is when I got scared and I thought, okay, what am I going to do now? Am I, like, I knew I wanted to eventually go to law school. So I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm going to go into law school and maybe figure it out there. Um, but that's just not how I roll. That's not my, that's mm. not my MO. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to figure out what I want to do. So um, this was actually the class that I took in education policy was right at the time of quarantine. So it was, you know, spring okay. of 2020. So yeah. I, we were then registering for classes for the next semester. And I was mm -hmm. like, what do I do? Like, I just like, I kind of went through the list of different categories of policy and law classes that my school offered. And I just mm -hmm. signed up and I was like, okay, like, I kind of <laughs> like this a little bit, let's try this. And then that didn't work. And then I was like, I just kept doing that until I stumbled upon an immigration class. And I was like, okay, let's try this. And then that's what I did. It and clicked. That's what happened. It clicked, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um. There's one other little thing that I want to touch on, which is, I know you said you, so you finished your undergrad a year early, like after six semesters. Could yeah. you just talk about like what you weighed in making that decision? Because I know a lot of schools, they offer maybe not a whole year, but maybe one semester early. Yeah, for sure. So honestly, even though I did that, I wouldn't recommend it. I think that okay. you should enjoy your college time, take all those classes that I'm saying, because 
when I rushed it, it just felt like I was trying to achieve something rather than enjoying the classes and like really Mm. learning as much as I could. And so it was in my last semester when I was like, okay, now I know I'm graduating. I can just take these classes and not be so stressed about what's going to happen next. Mm. So the way that I did that in my school is we had like a, we have a credit system. And so if you complete a certain amount of credits, you're good to graduate. So I just took a lot of extra classes and yeah, really put myself through a lot of hard, yeah, Mm. (laughs) a lot of hard work, but it was great. Okay. Um, so we definitely want to go through a lot of the process of law school application, but maybe let's save that for, for maybe in a few more minutes. Uh, first, could you take us through the internships that you did? I know you've had like quite a few. Uh, and how did they help you build your passion for, for law? Yeah. So um, one internship that I did was last summer with the NDRC, the National Democratic Redistricting Committee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, politics is something that I've always had a little bit of interest in, you know, I've always okay. following the news and seeing what's mm-hmm. going on in politics. And so I decided to, you know, apply for that internship. And I was really grateful I got the internship. And so, you know, doing that and being basically the internship was me kind of working behind the scenes with the uh, communications team, you know, sending out newsletters and figuring out like what communication needs to go out from our organization. And so from that, I honestly kind of figured out that this is really great if you like, you know, like big advocacy work, but I think Mm -hmm. I'd rather do something that's more personal to individuals Mm -hmm. and lives because policies are really important and they do, you know, like they do a lot of stuff for a lot of people. But I think I was missing that personal connection with an individual because I never really Mm -hmm. saw the people that would get the messages I was making. I was putting it out there for their social media and for, their stuff but I never really got to see like like I was the direct like, yeah exactly. okay yeah that makes sense yeah so it kind of narrowed kind of what I want to do in the future and so with that I also I'm currently working um, in an internship with the Massachusetts Commission on the Status of Women big names like <laughs> long names but uh, this is also working in women's rights policies um, in Massachusetts and again like I said I knew I know that I don't really want to work in policy necessarily but women's rights is something that I really really care about because of some of the work I've done previously and mm-hmm. you know I wanted to also just get as much experience as I could before law school so I took on this internship and it's been really rewarding the work that these people are doing is just so amazing. Um, and I know you said, oh, sorry, I know you said you're also involved in a few Shia organizations. So how does that involvement connect with your, the advocacy work you're doing and also the professional work that you hope to be doing in the future? Yeah, you know, they're honestly both connected. You know, I have passions in terms of career interests, but I also have, mm-hmm. you know, my love of Islam and being a Muslim. And so I kind of wanted, I realized that, you know, this passion that I have here, I can use it here as well. I can use it both professionally and religiously. So with all the work I've done in different internships and all my passions, I've used those skills that I've learned in the work that I'm doing in these organizations. So from the internships I've done, I've learned how to organize, for example, like spreadsheets, um, which has been really helpful with organizing spreadsheets for say the Islamic Masamine Center, you know, um, my mm-hmm. role is, um, I'm, my title is joint treasurer. So I help the treasurer with, you know, organizing the finances of our uh, center. And so mm-hmm. 
the skills that I've learned in both are helpful in the other. And like I said, so that's how it's been really helpful there. But it's also been helpful to see from a religious standpoint, like where I personally need to be morally when it comes to what I'm doing. So, you know, my morals are always like, as they are, I always want to stick to them. And so they help me with my internships and my career passions because it helps me figure out, you know, like where to draw a line with what I'm doing and what mm-hmm. is important and what's not important. And so always maintaining the myself as a Muslim, you know, my love and for Islam strengthens my work and what I do. And so, yeah. Yeah, that, I feel like that makes sense. I feel like a lot of times we see like the your work for, in professional life as kind of separate when it's yeah. it's not really that way. It kind of should. It all... doesn't have to be exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So I think that was that was a great uh, conversation so far. Uh, I kind of want to pivot a little bit. Um, what advice would you have for people who maybe they are in high school or maybe they're just starting college and they want to explore their interests um, to see, like they're saying, maybe going to law school sounds interesting. But they don't want to yeah. do something super high commitment just just in case, you know, maybe they decide it's not for them. They don't want to be, you know, too invested into it. What, yeah. what advice would you give them this you know scenario that you explained is honestly the majority of people you know mm-hmm. like I just happen to know what I want to do from a young age but like the yeah. majority of people I mean we're only 18 when you go to college like how are you supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life so mm-hmm. my advice for that is honestly join clubs and student organizations I joined I you know I signed up for so many and did I go to all the meetings no but the things that I really did have interest in I did go to the meetings like for example I signed up for my psychology association just because I knew the person that was at the booth that day and I was like sure I'll sign up and I went to the meeting and I was really interested and I was like wow this is so fun and like I'd love to take these classes that they're talking about at this place because a lot of the organizations that colleges have are usually run by upperclassmen that you know have had experience in college and they have a little good advice to give and so that would be my advice join student orgs or even if you don't want to join them if that's a lot of commitment just go to the meeting I mean nobody's going to ask you who are you and what are you doing here you know so yeah student orgs are very underrated and I think they have a lot of potential for you to you know open your mind to so many different new options that you wouldn't be able to find otherwise Hmm. okay great um now the the next question is like a a pretty I would say pretty big one so maybe we can break it up into steps uh, perhaps you well definitely since you've been through the steps you probably have it in your in your mind already so what is the process to apply to law school let's say someone says in their undergrad like yes I'm interested I want to do it what should they do in their undergrad and then you know what comes after that <laughs> yeah no for sure so you know if you want to apply to law school there are some things that you'll have to do beforehand if you know, you're in college, I would definitely say establish some meaningful relationships with your with a professor or two or an advisor, because letters Mm -hmm. of recommendations are needed for applying to law school. And you want somebody that actually knows you not just a professor that you had in a class, and you occasionally raised your hand to answer a question. Mm -hmm. So number one, I would say establish meaningful relationships. Um, If you're out of college, then I would say do the same, but with your either your advisor or your boss, whoever they are, somebody in the workplace that you're working in, just like I said, establish those meaningful relationships because you really want that person to know who you are as either a student or as an employee or just as a person overall. So letters of recommendation, definitely do that. That's, those are needed That's and so establish relationships. Okay. Um, 
So afterwards, I would also say don't apply to 20 schools, but don't just apply to one school. You know, mm. law school applications are very expensive. And it is, mm. I've heard from so many people why it's the reason they're not either applying at all or only applying to a select number of schools. So kind of figure out what you want out of a law school. And when it comes to law schools, get to know them. Don't just apply to, you know, all the Ivies or all the big name schools. Like figure out what you're looking for in a law school. Are you looking for a certain program? Are you looking for certain location? There are so many different things that, you know, um, law schools offer. So use their websites. They're actually very helpful. They have, you know, like all of their academics that they offer. They have their student organizations that they have. Um, they also provide, you know, class profiles, which are, mm. you know, they usually provide the previous year's class profile based on, um, their admission on their GPA and LSAT scores and other, you know, things that are relative to that. So try to find a school or I try to find multiple schools that, you know, right. meet what you're looking for in a law school. Um, yeah, so that. And so so the LSAT, recommendations yeah. and then yeah. look, 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 look at schools. And then what would you do after that? Yeah, so the LSAT is the next thing. Um, a lot of schools actually offer, you can either take the GRE or the LSAT, the law school admission test. Um, usually you'll need either one or both, or not both, sorry, you either need one or the other, but um, the LSAT is basically, you know, the typical standardized exam. Um, don't take it more than once. It's honestly torturous. Um, <laughs> it's, it's standardized testing is really difficult. And, you know, speaking from, a perspective of someone who doesn't really do well with tests in general mm -hmm. just practice you know do the practice questions and don't study every single day because it will your mind will just you'll get exhausted and you'll you won't do well <laughs> exactly so <laughs> do study give yourself a good amount of time to study um in advance and um take it like i said just try to take it once if you want to take it again you're welcome to you know there's no mm. limit to um, how many actually there might be limits but um, there's no reason why you can't take it more than once but okay. yeah just practice ahead of time do the practice questions study um, but if you can just take it once just take it once because it's a really mm. long test <laughs> um, yeah so what is the recommendation LSAT scores getting to know a school mm -hmm. and also apply earlier rather than later okay. um, I've when are like typical deadlines yeah, uh, deadlines are usually, they're different based on schools, but um, the usually some schools start having deadlines as early as February and some okay. go all throughout the summer. So it really depends on where you're applying. Um, but in my experience, I would just say apply early because it's a long process. There are a lot of supplementary mm. essays and, you know, stuff like that. And the earlier you can get it done, the more you can just like, it'll just put your mind at rest. Um, Got it yeah okay um, yeah that's um, basically it <laughs> let me just uh I, I i typed what you said i'm just trying to get it on the screen here of course okay <laughs> so we said uh start with like establishing the relationships for the letters and then um make sure you know the schools you're applying to um take the test um, and make sure you apply early. So those would be like your main tips. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Um, okay, I do want to go on to another question. Um, so th th that was great. <laughs> Thank you for that. No um, 
what happens if perhaps you're going through this process and you realize that like you're stuck at some point? Um, who would be the best person in, in your experience perhaps to reach out to for help? Yeah. Um, so for me, I have gotten stuck. You know, the mm -hmm. personal statement is, it's really difficult because we yeah. are kind of established, you know, growing up, we are told not to really like be so self-indulgent and not to be so thinking about yourself all the time. Um, but the personal statement is exactly that. You're supposed to just <laughs> talk about yourself. It's basically an introduction to who you are to a completely foreign individual. So when you get stuck, it's really best, honestly, to just reach out to some friends, be like, hey, like, I'm trying to write this and I'm stuck. Like, what do you think? of this what I've got so far and maybe do you have any recommendations because you know your friends really know you well and mm -hmm. hopefully they want the best for you and so they're definitely good people to reach out to because there are things like that that where you get stuck the personal statement for me was just it was so difficult to write it took me months um wow, but months. once I finally <laughs> yeah it really did take yeah. me months I'm also not the best writer so mm -hmm. I reached out to friends I was like hey like I have this draft would you be willing to just like kind of tell me what mm -hmm. you think is missing from it um like even if you don't want to like read the whole thing tell me like what you from what you know about me like what else do you think would help display who I am as an individual and so that was um really helpful I got a lot of good advice from friends hmm. okay thank you um and so currently you're even though you graduated early you're currently in a gap year right yeah um so like yeah. what have you been doing during your gap year yeah um, I have been doing internships, like I said, uh, mm, just okay. trying to get as much work experience as I can because, you know, applying to law school right out of college isn't the best decision for everybody. Um, okay. For myself, you know, I am taking this gap year because I kind of had to because I didn't know, mm. I actually didn't know I was going to graduate until January of my last year. So, you know, applications were due in February. I hadn't even taken the LSA yet. I was mm. like, okay, I can't apply you to law school year. right now. Yeah. So I yeah. was forced basically into a gap year, but many gap years can be very helpful you know there's no need there's no rule that says you have to go to law school right after college so work experience is something that I would highly recommend because law schools overall they do act for your resume as well and a resume shouldn't just be like all your academic achievements you know you really want to make yourself a well-rounded individual and so internships and jobs are really important to the um, resume and to have in any time that you're you know, taking off before applying to law school. So like I said, I've been doing internships. I've also, yes. that, I've started a lot of my um, religious work um, mm. during this gap year. Um, it's been really great to focus on Islam because, you know, when you live at college, I lived at college, um, okay. you don't really get to be surrounded by as many Muslims and you don't really get to, mm. I mean, where I went to college, I went to a very small college in a small town. So there was no you know, in Mandarga nearby. So mm. I had to, I did everything by myself. You know, I like watched majlises online by myself in my room. I like celebrated Milads and did everything by myself. And so having, being home and being able to uh, go to my center has been really great. Um, and just to, to bring back my focus of Islam and how much it means to me in my life. That was something that I think I definitely had lost when I went to college. So mm. that's been really important. And yeah, like I said, trying to get as much experience as I can before I go to law school. Okay, um, so thank you for that. Um, now, we were also talking about this other point during the pre-interview, which is, we were just talking about like how you got each of your internships. So mm -hmm. like, what would you say um, in your experience has been the most effective way to get your foot, um, 
get your foot in the door because often that's the hardest part just to get like the first one um yeah. and what advice would you have for other people who are like looking for for that right now mm -hmm. applying for internships is really difficult it, nobody told me it was going to be that hard mm -hmm. i just thought that you know if i apply to a couple like somebody will like everybody will respond which is not true like <laughs> no. a small percentage of people <laughs> reply to you so literally if you see an internship just apply for it just have your resume ready to go and cover letters are not as daunting as I thought they were. You know, I first, when I first went into applying, I was like, any internship that asked for a cover letter, I was like, okay, next. Like, I don't <laughs> want to do this. <laughs> but, <laughs> but actually, the majority of internships apply, ask for cover letters because, I mean, how else are they supposed to know you at all besides yeah. your resume? Right. So, yeah, just literally apply to anything and everything because you don't know who will reply and you don't know, like, mm -hmm. where that opportunity will take you. And I would also say to just ask around, you know, there's, there should be no shame, honestly, with me and internships. I just, anybody I knew, I was like, hey, if you know anybody that's looking for an intern for the summer, or if you know anybody that knows someone else, let mm -hmm. me know. Um, yeah, it's not of, necessarily a bad thing. Like, we have big networks in general in our community. Yeah, so we should for them. sure. Yeah, so that's really important. Just ask anybody and everybody what they've got going on and if they need an intern. So that's really mm -hmm. helpful. Uh, LinkedIn, surprisingly, is very helpful. It's the, I would say, modern Facebook. <laughs> um, you know, people make posts and, you know, it's a really great way for people to kind of just like quickly get a grasp of who you are. And so that was advice that I got from a professor of mine. I was like, hey, like this professor that I was kind of close with, I was like, hey, I'm looking for an internship. Like, what do you think I should do? Like, how do you think I should apply? Where should I apply? And they were like, okay, do you have a LinkedIn? I was like, no, like, what is that? Like, I had always mm. heard of LinkedIn, but I didn't really know what it was exactly. They were like, stop what you're doing, get a LinkedIn <laughs> profile, update it, get everything up to date with it, and then talk to me. Um, and basically LinkedIn, you know, you can also connect with people you know, but it's like great for jobs because they have, you know, um, the different job apps, applications mm -hmm. and internship applications on their website. So LinkedIn, mm. And just doing those Google searches, you know, the yeah. internship that I found um, that I'm currently in, the MCSW, I found through a Google search. I kind of was just looking for women's rights internships. And mm. I had applied in the spring um, and they responded, but they were like, hey, like we don't have anything available right now. But if you reach out to us in the fall, we might because a lot of kids go back to school. Mm, okay. So I did that. And then that was how I got this internship. They were like, yeah, like we actually need somebody right now at the moment. Can you start right now? And so that's how that yeah. happened. So yeah, just yeah. apply to everything. Don't think that you're not, even if the requirements say you need X, Y, Z, like just still apply because they have to like make, you know, certain requirements. But like, if they see that you're capable and you believe that you're capable of doing that position, just go for it. You know, most internships mm -hmm. have interviews and the person that's interviewing you will get to know you better through talking to mm -hmm. you rather than what they see on paper. So just apply yeah. for everything. Great. Okay, great advice. Thank you. Um, so we covered a lot, um, and we're unfortunately almost out of time, but we do always ask one question <laughs> to all our speakers, um, which is what is your final piece of advice? Um, and in, in this case, the audience we've been speaking to is pretty broad. So maybe a more general piece of advice for anyone who's listening to the show. What do you think that, that they would benefit most from taking away from the show? Yeah, I thought about this a lot and I'm really <laughs> indecisive. So I have two things I want to say. I okay. Say yeah, sure. Yeah. Don't let your doubts stop you and be patient. 
Like these are the two things that I like constantly am struggling with even today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's my doubts that, you know, make me impatient as well. But when I stop doubting myself and I just, you know, practice patience, I'm, I've been able to get so far, you know, like Mm -hmm. I always doubt, am I this enough? Am I X, Y, Z enough? But it doesn't matter if you are or not, because you have a purpose in this life and your purpose is to be alive and to just do whatever you want, because it's you and it's going to be an individual that gets work done and makes a difference in the world. So be patient because your time is coming, but don't let your doubts stop you from trying anything or doing anything that you want. Yeah, I think that's th- those are great pieces of advice. And, and I think that's that's like a really fitting conclusion to what we've been talking about this whole time. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and then I think I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but in your, your email and your Instagram are in the ticker there. Um, yeah. So if anyone who's listening wants to connect with uh, Anna, they can just reach out to you there. Um, so thank you so much again for coming on the show. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. Um, and thank you, everyone, for tuning into the show um, and, and tune in next week, too, for another interview. Uh, remember, you can always catch our previous episodes. They're pretty much everywhere at this point. Uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our app, our website, basically wherever you <laughs> listen to or watch things. Um, and that's all for today. Moji Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.